Well, good evening and welcome to Eavesdrop, where every day is a great conversation. My name is Jenny and I am joined here with my dear sweet friend, Heather. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Oh, well, you know, it's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) That may be our next year's tagline. (laughs) How are you? It's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like walking into cheers. Hey, how are you? It's funny because we always end up having conversation before we start this show and um, (laughs) we're talking about everything. It's really the pre-show is the show. (laughs) One day we're going to have to record this and see what that is. But I told Heather um, today in coming in, in in working to what our topic was going to be tonight, I I just was like, I'm struggling. Just It's just that we're all so covered up right now. We are. In dealing with raising teenagers. It is. And and I think that's where just the way our week has been. So I asked Heather, I was like, can we just have a conversation about our teenagers? Because we know our teenagers with each other and stuff like that. And but just, I just wonder how many other people out there. We're not alone in this. You know, I, you know, I see all these crazy teenagers. You know, I look at mine and I think she's just weird. But, you know, <laughs> I see crazy teenagers out there who apparently do not have good parents. And I go... If they would just engage with their children. Well, I'm coming off of one of those weeks where I have engaged so much that truly I just want to disengage. So I, I'm getting that big paradigm shift right now where mm-hmm. I can see why some parents would choose to disengage. Because yeah. it is so difficult. It is so time consuming. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> truly, I, working three jobs right now is, it is. easier yes. than raising my teenage daughter and my tween. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, and it, when I was thinking about us talking about raising teenagers, and we'll get into some of our wonderful issues that <laughs> we're just struggling with, do you think our parents had as much issues as we do today, or the way I feel that we do today in raising teenagers? You know, I look back on my parents, and it, I am I'm a product of my parents, okay? So let's be yeah, honest and say... I would agree I am the same. You know, I look back and I think... Sometimes my father ruled with an iron fist. Mostly he ruled with an iron glance. Yeah. A look could do it. Yeah. Um, The silent treatment had those. Well, and my father had such a respect. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. In my eyes, my father's approval meant so much to me. Yeah. And I, I wonder if this generation really looks at it this way. But then, you know, I sit down and I watch a TV show with my daughters and I realize that every father that they're watching on television is a is a buffoon. Yes. This is yes. not a, a man of honor. This is not a man to be respected or revered. Mm-hmm. They talk sarcastically mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. They, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, they like joke at him like they're stupid yeah. or that they are unable. Well, if this is the image of what our kids are growing up with, no yeah, wonder. I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? So I see this drastic difference. I looked at my father as a man of honor. Think of the people that we grew up watching on TV. John Wayne. The Cosby Show. The, uh, Dr. Huxtable. I mean, all of I mean, these the, that we grew up with. Well, the Brady Bunch. Yeah. You know, you grew up. Family was so central. Mm-hmm. And having the love and support of your family was premier. Yeah. I mean, it was of utmost importance. And now it's almost like, well, you you build your own family. And and I'm one of those people. You know, I live 12 hours away from my family. I have built my own spiritual family. Mm -hmm. I've chosen those people. Right. But, you know, here are my tween and teen daughter trying to build their family because, you know, I have just the spiritual family. So they're picking their folks. And, you know, I... You I just, just look at it and go, it's so different. 
But our parents ruled a little bit by fear. They did. A little bit by uh, talkacy. You know, it, it was their way or the highway. Right. They ruled together. You know, our parents were the last of the generations who they didn't really fight in front of us. No. They were a united front. They may have fought in the back <laughs> of the house. But when well, it came to telling us, they they, they stood were the united line, front. And they were separate from us. It wasn't like parents and kids all blended together and now i look at it and i can't tell sometimes well and that's where probably you know we did a show early on way back when we first did on mental tapes you were talking about your dad and Mm -hmm. seeking his approval and we've both talked about our mental tapes of our mothers our fathers yeah and those expectations that play in our mind and you bring up a point about the arguing and the fussing and that's and i don't ever remember a time my parents argued or fought or disagreed, even in front of any of us. They were yeah. that united front. And I remember going through counseling um, in divorce and in, in, in we when not my marriage was falling apart. And I remember the counselor, tell, counselor telling me, you never learned how to fight fairly mm-hmm. or learned how to have a disagreement because I didn't know how. It was mm-hmm. not, I hate to say it wasn't an example, but it wasn't a bad example. It, it just wasn't an example. I didn't know how you to cope. You didn't get a negative or a positive. No. Yeah. And even and learn see, how to work family, conflict resolution or well, anything. Well, my family was the total opposite. If we ever had a conflict in my family, you never talked about it in your bedroom. That was a major rule. You always came to the kitchen table and we all sat at the kitchen table. Now, remember, healthy or unhealthy, I was the only child. So right. just as all girls know, three right. is a horrible number. It's always two <laughs> against one. It's always two against one. Yeah. Now, the good thing was my parents, when it came to me, were always a united front. So it was always two against one. But if my parents ever disagreed on a major decision, sometimes I felt like I had that tie-breaking vote. And I think that's where a lot of this generation is stuck. They think somehow they can sway us as parents and that they... Not that they are equal, but their opinion is equal. And boy, haven't we taught that with all this self-esteem crap in the school systems. They are so confident in who they are and yet so entitled in that belief system that it's like, hello, did you earn this or is it just your confidence talking? Well, and what did you do to deserve? What if you do deserve any and earn any of this? I I don't. Deserve is probably the better word. They think they have an innate. I hate to use the word entitled because I well, feel like that's everybody's the word that it, I always, yeah. That's how I feel about my kids. They don't understand the value of a dollar. You remember how our, our parents well, used to oh say that gosh. to us? You need to learn, learn the, the value, value of a dollar. dollar. A hard day's oh. work. And you our know? kids do not know that. Our kids oh, mind goodness, don't no. at all. And and I think that's where, and you're right in seeing and, and being modeling that example and, and that's pitting against one against the other. I think... I think whether you're in a good family where mom and dad are still together, yeah. the kids are still playing the other parent. Oh, They're they not, try. Totally. Being in a divorce family, you, you've been oh. there. I'm in it. And it's one parent against the other. And then the kids are just battling it, you know. To see what they can get. Oh. Playing two odds against the middle. I mean, we've all done it. And probably. then throwing the guilt and shame of a, all of it, which is what I've had. Every kid does it. Whether you come from a, a you know a, a nuclear family or if you come from a broken family or a blended family. Uh, Mom, can I go to Sally Sue's birthday party? Uh, I don't know. Go ask your dad. Hey, dad. Dad, can I go? Mom said it's okay with her if it's okay oh, with totally. you. Totally. Totally. You play it. Yeah, and and that's what I think is happening. We start to see this blurry in of boundaries, yeah, of authority, yeah, truth, 
family unit. I mean, well, and, and we thought this was all in the eyes of progression. We were moving towards such a great euphoric place. Well, what's happened is we're losing our families. Our families are falling they're apart. Falling Not just apart. husband and wife, but, but the kids. Mm-hmm. And the parent and child relationship, yeah. the parent and teenager relationship that yeah. is through that. And our hearts. It's I so mean, hard to keep the heart of my children pure. It's so hard to keep connected to them. So, okay. Because you and I know both where we struggled through most of us with our children and what we were raised with. Where's the disconnect? Where did it go? I mean, we can say it's a country. <clears throat> we can say it's the school. We can say through a lot of these things. But where did... Where did it get to be a point that it's just disconnected between the two generations that are here? Well, for me, in my prayer life, because <laughs> I have sought this one out a good bit. Good. I'm hoping you have an answer. Well, I, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, and I don't know if my answer is applicable to everybody. But when I get in my prayer closet and mm-hmm. I pray about mm-hmm. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> and let's just be honest. That's the phrase that's coming out of my mouth. Lord I God. Where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? And I could you it. please show me quickly? Because I would love to get back on the path and learn whatever it is that you have for me. And I'd like to do it today. And if you could, please go ahead and give me those bullet points. Because I will memorize them and never go back there again. Promise. Amen. And amen, amen. 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 Yeah. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm not kidding. These are the kind but, of prayers I have with, with God. Lord God, what did I do? What? Do you remember this one? What did I ever do to deserve these children? That prayer? Oh, okay. Well, I, I have s- been there. I still pray. <laughs> right. I've been there. Lord God, what did I do? Yeah. And so when I've searched and searched, I did this like my parents. I did this like my parents. Of course, I got divorced and my parents did not get divorced. But, yeah. You know, and there are certain breakdowns that... You know, you you obviously can't draw a parallel. Right. But you can circle and go, okay, this is definitely different. This is definitely different. I come down to, yes, I am divorced. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, at this point, God, you know, has restored um, marriage in my life, but not with the biological father of my Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. So I am married now. We have a blended family. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I've noticed is the divorce is not the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. The kids deal with that. Yeah. That doesn't change the way I parent as much, mm-hmm. but it did bring guilt yeah. into my parenting. Okay. Yeah. So I've got I, a I little bit of guilt. I got a little bit of guilt in there because, you know, although if if you're, you know, one of those people that thinks you've got grounds or you don't have grounds, if you know what I'm talking right. about, you know, there's a little bit of a relief there for me, mm-hmm. but not really. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. with the most legalists, like I am a recovering legalist, you can always pick that apart. Right. You know? Right. And so I have a little bit of guilt that I don't think my parents did. I have a whole lot of fear. Yes. When I get to the bottom of it, I look at my fear and my guilt, and I think, I don't want them to hate me. Oh, I yeah. don't want them to grow up and not know me. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't really know my parents. Now that we're adults and I'm getting to know them, the relationship I have with them now is great. Mm -hmm. It's totally different, though. Mm -hmm. I am allowed to see parts of their life that I wasn't afforded as a child. Right. And I guess that's changing the way I parent because I want that with my kids, but it's screwing them up. Well, It's totally screwing them up. So I can't tell you that what they did was wrong. It's just that little bit of guilt from a divorce and a whole lot of fear. Well, and I think that's, and I, I, I struggle with the guilt. One, because the kids will immediately remind you of it or it gets mm-hmm. thrown back in your face for whatever reason that it gets there. 
mm-hmm. in the fear of of not making a mistake, wanting to do the right things, but knowing how far to push, how far not to push. Yeah, those boundaries that we love that word. We love those that word boundaries. We yeah. love that word. But it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Well, and to know the the right boundaries of what to set and when to let go. Well, and that's when the thing, like on. what I was telling you, the hardest thing in the world for me is to stay engaged. Yeah. It is so much work. I cannot tell you I love my children dearly, but the amount of time that it takes a 13-year-old to tell you a seven-sentence oh. story with as many likes, ums, you know, oh, look, there's a bird. Oh, look, there's my shoe. It, and it, whether you're getting the whole truth of it, too. Oh, I don't, I don't think story. anything that comes out of my children's <laughs> mouth is the truth. We know that. They got lie dimples, and they talk out the side of their mouth. Girls, and, I got the diverting of eyes. I got, I'm with yeah, you. But you see, it's yeah. like I look at my children, and if, if I can't deal with my stuff with God, mm-hmm. I put it on them. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeing is that in my relationship with God, when I am not attacking my fear mm-hmm. with Him, and I'm putting it on the back burner, if I'm not dealing with the guilt of my past and giving that to Christ and letting Him have it on the cross so that I can be free for a future yeah. that's going to build a legacy for my family, I somehow start putting that into my kids. And then it's like this this utter horrible thing that Satan does. But as soon as you recognize it in your kids, oh, my goodness, it's like it flips on you and, and then you get the accuser on you. Yeah. Look what you did. You did. You're just like that. That's you coming out in your kids, and the fear just gets fueled again, and it's this vicious cycle. And I don't get, and I guess that's where I've had a hard time this past week, as I mentioned earlier this past week with one of mine, and and I told him I'm just going to share it just because it's yeah, it's, it's been, hard. It's very hard because I love my children very deeply, yeah. and I very much and want them to know. But when you're one of the hardest things is when your children say the most hurtful things to you. Oh, yes. And it's that guilt that gets thrown on you. Yeah. It's just, it, it, oh. And and then you see their sin. Oh. And yeah, you see what I'm saying? That's that fire that I'm telling you about. I mean, I'm getting tearful thinking about it because. Yes. It's that so much of, I see their sin, but I see my own, but yet working through all of it. It breaks my heart for them. Well, and and the words break your heart. Oh, and and I guess then there's that flip side of it, yep. how much it hurts. Yeah. But then teaching the responsibility to these kids mm-hmm. of realizing how hurtful their words are, mm-hmm. how manipulative they can be mm-hmm. to get what they want, what they think they need, to realize how prideful they are mm-hmm. and how that can control them. Yeah. And how they can use it to control others. Yeah. And you just want to sit there and go, okay, do you, <laughs> I just want to shake you and beat you until you know, you know, that mm-hmm. what you're doing is just you're letting Satan get in the middle of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the it most commonly me. heard phrase in me. January in our family is you cannot unring a bell. Oh, and that's there where I'm at right now. There are certain things that you do in life yeah. that when you do them, you cannot go back. Yeah. You cannot take back the words, I hate you. No, you cannot take you them cannot back. You cannot take back the words, I am disappointed mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. You cannot take back the words, your food is disgusting. 
You can't take that back. Oh, you yeah. cannot act like that. No, I'm sorry. No. And and that's the thing where we're at with, you know, a teen and a tween. Yeah. Is th- that stage of things. They hate me when I don't do what they want. Oh, I, um, you know, I don't I'm love them. when I don't let them spend the night. Yes. Um, my food is disgusting if it involves green vegetables. Um, you don't care about me. You're picking one over the other one. Of course. You know, you, know, all you of love those that things. person, that one better than me. But mine. here's yeah. the deal. If I don't discipline for each of those things, which it's very tiring. I understand why parents aren't consistent because it's very tiring. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and children know. They're like dogs. They sense fear. Oh, they know. They, they, they know. sense fear. They know. <laughs> they, they know some. when you're getting tired and when you're afraid. And that's because when they come they'll in. Go, yes, they'll go after that one <laughs> hot button. Yeah. They do it. But it's not that they're Satan incarnate. Although are, I you sure? that. are you sure? Are you sure? I have thought it and I've prayed. Yes, God has told me. <laughs> Children are not Satan incarnate. It's not in scripture. I do know that. They are not Satan incarnate. But they what they are like is little Christians trying to work out their faith, their salvation yeah. with fear and trembling. And if we are the parents we're supposed to be, they're going to do it to us because that's the safest they are. And as much as that hurts, that's where they're going to throw their daggers. They're yeah. going to find out what happens when I do this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Maddie, my little two-year-old's in the middle of that. She oh. touches everything. <laughs> what happens when I do this? What happens when I do that? What happens if I bang these two things together? What happens yeah. if I open this door? What happens if I stick my finger there? It, everything is about how she can control situations. Well, look at my tween and my teen. They're trying to control as much as they can. And that's why I've got to have these boundaries. God knows these boundaries are not fun for me because I was brought up in such a strict home environment Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't I don't want to be too overly structured. But structure is good. Well, structure makes it easy to be flexible without a structure. How can you be flexible? Because how would you know where upright is? But ultimately, I think it's what you've said before or what you said earlier is that, I mean, this fear that is driven by so much of mm-hmm. we don't want our kids to make the same mistakes that we oh, did. Oh, if I could stop my kids. Yes. If I could. I mean, and I look at them going, okay, you are walking down the same road that I did in high school. Don't don't make that. But I have to let them fail. Mm-hmm. And that Where you become one of those crazy helicopter parents that we all talk about. Oh, and the, oh, the helicopter parents are just, you know. But that's the can, thing. I want my kids to fail. When they're but with I, me. But I want them to learn. How to get up. Learn how to get up when they mm-hmm. fall. And learn yeah. and accept responsibility Oh, if I could just that. teach that. But, you know, again, that's humility, where you. Humility. Oh, but how humility. do you. But again, teaching that. And, of course, I know the whole, I've got to be able to model it. I've got to be able to show it. I've got to be able to exemplify it. I've got to be able to model that myself. I know. But. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have to really work to where I don't want to lash out. <laughs> Let's push the button. Yeah. You know, it them. But this struggle with these teenagers, I just, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Yeah, I think for me, one of the hard parts is that, you know, growing up, I was um, voted most witty. So um, I can believe that. So I, can I believe that. love to have a witty comeback. Yeah. A zinger. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's good at it. Let me just tell you, in her adult life, she is very quick-witted. I'm very quick-witted. God, God gave me, <laughs> he gave me a quick wit and a, and a slow filter on my mouth. Okay, <laughs> those two have gotten me into a lot of trouble in life, but I've had a whole lot of fun 
doing it. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. Even those that learned have been a with lot them, about a lot humility. <laughs> learned a lot about humility. Yes. It is amazing what God can do with a teachable spirit who's humble when she's wrong. Yeah, but we got to get there first. Well, that's the point. And in the two verses that just keep going through my head right now are um, Mark ten forty five, where it says, "For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life for many." as a ransom for many. Well, that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. We are laying down our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, the fear. I'm talking more and more with my teens, my teen and my tween about fear mm-hmm. and about the choices that I've made in life because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm glad that I'm talking about this stuff, but my mother never talked about these things with me. Not that there's anything wrong with what she did, um, but I'm talking a lot about it. Yeah. I wasn't a believer as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm raising two believers. Yeah. So... Where they are and where I was, it's a completely, you know, mm-hmm. it's spiritual versus mm-hmm. temporal. It's a different world for them. I don't want them to waste these years. Yeah. You know? So we're talking a lot about that. We're talking a lot about boundaries. Yes. And making their own boundaries. Yes. What does the word say you should be doing? Mm-hmm. What do you believe your purpose in life is? Is that congruent with it? Mm-hmm. Is this inside the boundaries of what you think are going to help you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for my 11-year-old, my we say all the time to her, every choice either opens doors or closes it. Mm-hmm. So when you make a choice, you need to decide what did that do? Mm-hmm. What did it close you off from mm-hmm. and what did it open you up to? Because she struggles. She wants yeah. to be popular in every situation. So she will say yes to everything. Well, she'll say yes to you, and I'll ask her the same question later, and she knows I want her to say no, so she'll say no. Mm-hmm. She has no idea who she is yet. Well, and see, that and identity. I, oh, <sighs> and that's what I think is a huge struggle for them. What was the other verse? You said that Mark 10, 45 oh, was one. Mark what was 10, the other 45, one? and then, um, and I'll have to think of it, it's Roman something, but it says, no greater love has any man than this, that he would lay, lay down, down his, his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and then Jesus also tells them, that um, I no longer call you slaves, for mm-hmm. a slave doesn't know the master's bidding. I call you friends, mm-hmm. for I've told you that in my father's house there's many rooms. And and that's what I love is that, you know, as be- raising believing children, mm-hmm. they are brother and sister to us, although they are still spiritually under our authority. They are brother and sister to us. So if we lay down our lives to serve them, and I don't mean give up parental responsibility. I mean serve them by showing them the way. Mm-hmm. If we do that, and if we um, lay down what we've done in honesty and humility and talk about the mistakes that we've made and the things that we've had as consequences, I, I just have to believe that God will prepare the stage of their heart. Now, are they going to still make mistakes and still tick me off and make me go crazy and have to walk upstairs at 8 o'clock and go, well, I'll see you in the morning? You know, that's probably still true. And I think where I struggle even more so is this point, and and for me is the is the is the part of them making that choice of they make a choice, and I have to sit back, especially with I have one that's seventeen that makes a decision, and I have to sit back and go, I love you, but I am not responsible for that choice yeah. anymore, and struggling with that identity he's trying to find in who he yeah. is in God. Yeah. And that spiritual warfare, that adult relationship that's being developed. And you can see it. You can see yeah. it being developed. Oh yeah. But yet knowing when I have to walk away for my own yeah. boundaries. Yeah. For my own 
for my own protection, for yeah. my own boundaries, for my mm-hmm. own, because I don't want to be pulled back into my own stuff. pit and my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, it's so active. That's what, you know, I look at it and I think, you know, abiding. Oh, now see, it, we've had that word before and we, that's one word Heather and I do not like this abide. Can I just say, and I may have said this before, but it bears repeating. Oh, please repeat. Abiding is a passive verb. Yes, it in is. In Greek, okay? It's yes, a it passive is. verb. But you have to actively do this passivity, okay? You do. You have to actively choose to abide. It's like actively choosing to surrender. Um, both of those words are not my favorite words in the New Testament, <laughs> I might add. Uh, but abiding is resting in that confidence that... You know, when you do something and you lay it before the Lord in honesty and in trust for Him, He will do what He promises. And, you know, God's Word says that He is faithful to complete what He starts. I know, but this parenting thing, I mean, I have to be honest with you. He began the good work. And He did. He He gave us these children. He will finish it. And He started their salvation. He's going to finish it. With or without me. Mm -hmm. I know. But we do need to... You know, you know, and I I wonder how engage, many, how many, engage. well, and that's the word that goes to, you know, this parenting stuff. How do you have these conversations with the kids, you know, or are they too, are they too far gone? When I say that, is it past a point where they're old enough to make decisions on their own and, or to. Well, I'm you, 42 and I'm telling you, there's not a decision <laughs> that I've ever made that my mother hadn't weighed in on. Well, and I'm with you on that con. one too. I mean, she'll tell me to my face. Well, I wouldn't have done that. You know. <laughs> well, how'd you see that going in here? You know, I mean, but that's the way my relationship is with my parents. It's yeah. very, it's very intimate. It's um, very sharp at points. But you know, that's what I want with my girls. I want them to come to me. And you know, Jenny and I both have a, a friend who did youth ministry for a long time yeah. here in the Birmingham area. He's now in in Ecuador, but um. I, re- oh, I will never wow. forget it. Before I ever got married, before I ever thought about kids, I remember some parent coming in and counseling with him about his <laughs> yeah. his child. Yes. And, and I remember Ronnie Brock said these infamous words to me, and I will never forget them. And it was no truer words were ever spoken. And he mm-hmm. said, there are two types of parenting that happen at different points in your child's life. The first part is from birth to about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And that is where you are a micromanager. Mm-hmm. You have to micromanage everything. You are truly making every decision and holding every piece together. Mm-hmm. Then, based on how you did as a micromanager yeah. from 12 to 13 to about 24, mm-hmm. you are a consultant. Yeah. And they will choose to come to you. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous, But boy, do I see it that because, you know, with my teenager, she's at that point where she's, you know, rational for about two minutes in a day. But in those two minutes, once in a while, you'll get a good glimpse that she's getting it. You know, um, she had a conversation the other day where she said, well, I don't think those people believe like we do. And, and you want to she see like, said the word mm-hmm. like we do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you believe. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that for, we. It, it was we. And it was the first time I heard her own something about her faith. Yeah. It was her beliefs. And it, you know what I mean? You get those little glimpses and you just got to nurture it. You got to look into that soul and go, baby, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. You saw something. You knew it wasn't what you believed. 
Mm-hmm. You didn't have to confront it, but you knew immediately they're different than us. And not that that separates you in a bad way, but it's okay. So it's I, okay to be yourself. So I guess a question that comes into play that we'll have to discuss into some future podcasts that we have. You know, how do you engage your teenager? <laughs> Daily. Yeah, but I mean like... In the car is the best for us. Well, yeah. But I mean like... I do it with the, the sermons, you know? Yeah. Especially if there's a good story in the sermon. Well, and I think, you know, and I think that's something that, which we're hoping to have, um, which we will have, not hoping, we will have it, um, podcast to kind of help give some more tips and things like that. But this engaging with your teenager mm-hmm. is a concept that's an added part of mm-hmm. parenting. Yeah. I'm not so much sure there's a lot of stuff on it, but I know yeah. that there is, mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks that have some insight yeah. in it. Yeah, and and I think that's what's going to be so great is because, you know, people will tell you these little tidbits. My mom the other day said, so how's Riley doing as a teenager? And I said, well, there's there's days it's good and there's days it's bad. And she said, you know, it's like trying on clothes. They're trying on adulthood. They are. Sometimes it fits. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, it's like mine used to tell me, if I could just bear you at 13 and raise you up at 18, <laughs> there you go. my life would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to see a lot of wisdom in her words on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, we just, you got to have a sense of humor. <laughs> I, I'm trying the, to find it, Heather. I'm trying to find it. Don't ever <laughs> lose your sense of humor. I know. That if, is very true. If very you lose true. your sense of humor, you you really run the risk of letting Satan get you the do. bitter root you in you. Don't you let the bitter root get in you. Yeah. Um, and it, it's easy. This world is all about stealing our joy. And the bitterness oh. root is the quickest way to do it. What they have is not what I have. And why can't my kid be like this? And how, why? I wasn't like that. And you just, you lose all gratitude, you know. Um, and I am notorious for it. There's there's a song that Sarah Groves sings that I have to listen to at least once a week. I don't know if you've ever heard it called Tornado. Oh, yes. You live your life like a tornado. Oh, yes. Destruction falls yes. everywhere you go. Yeah. But it says, I will not let this bitter root grow in me. Mm-hmm. I will not let you leave that legacy. Yeah. And and that's what I have to do is I have to remember other people can do things and I will wake up in the aftermath mm-hmm. of a tornado that I didn't cause, but I can I can still bear a yeah. consequence for. And it is my choice yeah. how I respond. It is my choice how I get through it. It is my choice how I model to my children to walk through that. Mm-hmm. And and whether or not they get character in their life is first and foremost dependent on God. Right. But, right. It, it, you know, it's it's God working through them. Mm-hmm. But I want to give them every opportunity to see me do it well, me do it poorly, yeah. and me handle it when I make it a yeah. huge mistake, especially in front of them. Well, and being able to walk through that, oh, parenting is just such a, it's it, a pain. It's a marathon. It's a it is a marathon. <laughs> it's a marathon, and I definitely am a mesomorph. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Well, <laughs> well, I really didn't. Well, <laughs> really didn't sign up for zone defense. <laughs> we ha- we have a sense of humor, and so does our God. In this. He really does. He's sovereign, but he is funny yeah. as I'll get out. Oh my gosh! And I am reminded of that constantly. And, and, and he loves us. He does love he us. Would I know never that. Never allow. That. Our children to go through pain just to grow us. <laughs> Are you sure? It, I'm positive. <laughs> it will transform them too. Yeah, I know. 
I they know. love him and they are called according to his purpose. So he is going to work this for their good too. It's not just for us to be transformed and, to, you know, be molded into his likeness. And apparently there's a whole lot of molding that needs to be done in my life. And likeness is a very, very broad, broad term. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I just don't know where I started. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know? Know, I don't know where to end. I could laugh about the fact that this is as good as it gets after 20 yeah. years of walking with the Lord. But then I could always look back and go, you don't know where I came from. Well, yeah, back then. <laughs> you yeah. should have seen See me. me back then. You know, so you, you just got to get that perspective and um, and be grateful for the little yeah. things. You know, I have three beautiful girls that are driving me absolutely bonkers, but they are all healthy. I know. And I have three beautiful children, and they are just growing, and they are striving, and they're doing so well with all of them. And they're good. They're good kids. They are. They're healthy. Like, all it takes is five minutes on Facebook, and there's at least four families that I'm praying for right now that their babies may or may not come home from the hospital. And some of these babies are, you know, preemies, and some are all the way up to 10 years old. Yeah. And, And it just changes that perspective. I'm going to be grateful. And if mm-hmm. I can teach my children gratitude, if I can teach them humility, both of my older girls are believers now. So God has secured their salvation. I just need to really buckle down and try to get yeah. them to be self-sufficient. Yeah, I know a- we don't say that word anymore, but I really would like to teach them self-sufficiency yeah. and being able to be interdependent on relationships, mm-hmm. but not dependent on yeah. them. Yeah, Being responsible to their friends, but mm-hmm. not ref- for their friend, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I'm with so you. I've got this checklist of things that I'm really trying to work on. I can't tell you I'm succeeding. Well, and that leads us into <laughs> at least wrapping up this conversation because this was just, I think, part of a conversation. We just wanted to just share our struggles that were just this is where we are. I just want you to know that you You're, are not uh, alone. Amen. You're not alone in this, and we know that there are a lot of moms and a lot of dads mm-hmm. out there that are struggling with just living, making it through the day with their teenager, and just well, struggling and- with it. If you are being told by your teenager that you are the last Christian parent out there who is saying dress modestly, don't have sex before marriage, do not oh, yeah. have all other forms of sex that do not, you know, right? that in our days were sex. Yeah. But, you know, don't do all of these things. Live a life of purity. Believe mm-hmm. that the word of God is true. Yeah. Finish high school and hey, college too. That'd be great. Before you think about marriage, you know, you're not. You're not the last parent out there. You are not in solidarity. and. Mm-hmm. And truly, it is easier to stand firm in what you believe mm-hmm. with a bunch of people around you. Yeah. It really is. You know, like that. Did you see the movie 300? No. See, I have still oh my yet goodness. seen it. If I you know. have not seen the movie 300, it's about, you know, the Roman soldiers and they have this shield. Well, yeah. by yourself, a shield can't take care of the whole body. Mm-hmm. But when they would link together and they would put them over their heads and it was like it would cover all of them. Mm. And that's what I, I see is just we can cover each other. Well, we're going to wrap this one up here mm. on this end of it and stuff like that. No bow tonight, ladies. No, no bow tonight. No bow this tonight. is an ongoing conversation. Which we're going to um, engage another couple and maybe a couple of other um, friends of ours that are yeah. involved in some parenting and have their own teenagers, have walked through it. Um, and we're yeah. going to engage about parenting with these teenagers. and um, Just some s- different perspectives. How to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it yet, already done that, and if you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do and you don't have a support system and if you don't know where to reach out to. Or if you're just trying to come up with them. Um, yeah. Like... What are the things I want to make sure that I raise my children right. to do? What's the end goal? Yeah. What are your checklist points yeah. of this is what I, I want? So stay tuned. Stay yeah. tuned and this listen. This will be an ongoing. Um, it, apparently, parenting and uh, raising 
kids and socially mm-hmm. acceptable, responsible, uh, God fearing, God fearing kids. It's a major topic. Believe. It's a yeah. major issue with our society, our own group of friends that we have around here. I just don't want my kids' generation to be the last no. of the Bible believing. No, not at all. So. Kids in America I can't see that happening. Yeah. Well, take a moment, like our Facebook page. Um, it's there for you. We'll, we post up when the podcasts go available and put any little nuggets of information that we like to pass along and just offer encouragement and hope. But we would love to hear from you. But we'd love for you to like our page. Um, and let us know if you've got questions. Heck, we're going to throw them around for the next couple of weeks talking about absolutely. parenting teenagers. Even and, if there's a specific and, issue uh, or something that you're dealing with, mm-hmm. let us know. Yeah, um, because we, we are really we'll talk raising about it. the next generation we of are. leaders. Today. Oh, today. We are raising the next we generation are. of leaders today. Yeah. So stay tuned. We've got a couple more shows that we'll be doing on this. Buckle so, up. Here we go. You Zone got questions. Helmets. Yep. <laughs> They're not going to blitz yeah. on us today, baby. Not today, baby. But if you've got questions, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to be able to talk about some issues and things that you're having with your own. So until then, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.